Man, I'm, I'm all red. I just got back from that that one beach uh, that makes you uh, that makes you old and sunburnt. <laughs> Damn, you went to M Night Shyamalan's house. Yo, M Night M Night is back. M Night M Night is he loves the movies. I'm so I'm really hyped for Rory to get back from from his trip because we're gonna go see Old. Damn, uh, I I saw it uh, yesterday and before the movie played, like this like little video appeared of M night talking to camera being like, hello, moviegoers, like the movie theaters are back and we're so thankful that you're here. And I was like, this is, a, this is dystopian. Also, this is carried in the movie. Although it's like, they're not back. Like I just had to, I had to rent a theater to see green night. I did it. Yeah. I, I fully rented a theater. Cause I was like, I'm seeing this movie opening weekend. I promised myself I would do this. Um, mm-hmm. And none of my friends will like, I'm still going to go to theaters because I'm a psycho and I don't care if I die. But like, mm-hmm. cause we love the movies. Yeah. But friends of mine definitely were worried. And I was like, I want to see my friends. And everyone was like, we're not going to go. And I was like, I'll rent the theater if you all pay me back. And I did it. Mm-hmm. And that means that you can joust and be a knight in the theater. No laws. If anyone's fucking around during the movie, I'm breaking necks. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this movie for a year and a half. Like if anyone is like, I want to talk during this movie, they're getting beheaded. $170 is so cheap to behead someone fully legally. Yeah, totally. No laws, international waters, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's essentially international waters. Um, I mean, why am I not just doing that all the time? Like 170 bucks. Like I'm certainly that's not what it's like in LA, but that's sure. I mean, it was honestly, it was if so what happened was I was gonna try and get the 730 slot on Friday. Um, and that was two fifty, but it got taken away because they had to open up another screen for the premiere of Jungle Cruise. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So then I got the Saturday afternoon slot, which was substantially cheaper. Now listen, we la- we we laugh at a Jungle Cruise, but you know what? We laughed at a Pirates of the Caribbean. It's true. And we also we laughed at a at a haunted mansion. That all we, franchises we, that no, still last. We were right about one of those. <laughs> we were right. <laughs> I'm just saying a movie based on a ride is not, you know, we've, it's, it's possible. I just think the vibes of the jungle cruise trailer just don't look that fun to me. Mm-hmm. It should be more like a lazy river vibe. I just feel like it's not, it's like a, it's a little, it's like, it's wacky, but not like, it's very like constructed wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like madcap and, and, and wild that way. It feels like a designated wacky zone. You know what I mean? To me, a jungle cruise movie would have to all be about an actual, like, tour guide that works on the jungle cruise you yeah know? That, yeah see something like that would be fun if it's like a bunch of people who like aren't prepared for this shit and are just like stuck in this horrible situation but the tour guide's still doing their planned improv yeah. just like the ride yeah like there's like whatever like eco terrorists <laughs> are taking over the boat and he's like as you can see you all see kinds of different people populate this jungle <laughs> <laughs> like that would be that would be a movie I would love to watch. I mean, they have to have it on your right and as you see on your left joke at some point or it's a failed project. Yeah, that is it's that a is failed true. state. Yeah. Well, but yeah, old was fucking brutal, dude. I don't I know it, I won't talk I won't no spoilers, but that movie was relentless. Like like absolutely relentless. I'm excited. <laughs> um I like seeing I like watching Emma Channel on stuff with our friend Rory because Rory really loves the movies and loves to just get into whatever is on the screen. And and and, and, and M Night loves the movies and you can feel that in all of M Night. Yeah, all exactly. Films. Uh, at mm-hmm. 0 M Night 30. Yeah, I think that this one for me was like it it was definitely the most 
hardcore M Night's ever been. Whoa. Um, yeah. And and there's one scene that I will say is controversial. <laughs> Very controversial. Hell yeah. Go fucking um, teach the controversy is what I always say. So. But, uh, you know, it's like I, like I said before, without talking about the movie anymore, this movie has already gotten the meme treatment before it came out, which means the movie has won. It's going to stick in people's minds like movies in these days. It's only it's like they only ever actually get in the zeitgeist if they become a meme after their release. That's like the only way people remember stuff now. I want someone who is better at sort of economic and data analysis than we are, because which is like literally a, like we could get a, if we could get a one out of ten, it would be an improvement. But like <laughs> like someone who could do the work to be like, because does that make like an economic difference in like a huge way or not? Is something I'm really curious about, because like Twitter, like how real is like Twitter vibes? Like it could mm-hmm. be very real. I have literally no idea, but it could also be like totally fake because <laughs> so much stuff yeah. on Twitter is like you think that this thing is a big deal. And then it turns out that like the people who are mad about it just like yelled about it a lot and no one actually cares. Right. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's I'm curious, like if there's numbers on that shit. But I mean, look, if anyone listening is like a data or knowing things guy, like let us know. Fucking DM one of us on Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, I, I, at work, I was like, yeah, I touched grass this weekend. And people are like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking weirdo. Like, you, uh, you nasty fucking pervert. Yeah. Anyways, fuck get, that. Get, get out of our yo, restaurant. We, get out of our restaurant. Yeah, get out of our restaurant. Um, But guys, this one goes out to all you non-grass touchers. Welcome back to Game Boys. Hey, it's the Game Boys podcast, podcast about video games. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm Lux. And I am Griffin. And of course, we are always joined by number one grass avoider, Haley, on the ones, twos, and greens. <laughs> but not but greens, not grass. <laughs> Just, there's a lot of greens out there that are not grass. And you got to understand that as a listener to this podcast. <laughs> Um, we're going for the we're going for the uh you know the edibles and the cbd uh advertisement yeah now. We're, yeah we're yeah we're trying to get a, the cbd factory on board yeah, cbd sucks yeah that's what i hear i still haven't tried it because i don't care it's like what if like weed didn't do anything right that's why i haven't tried it because i own a lot of weed that does do things i think it's mainly for animals that's fair. I mean, people are the nastiest animals of all. If I've learned anything mm-hmm. from Jaws 2. <laughs> I haven't seen Jaws 2. Is it about how animals are the real monsters of the sea? I think it's that one of them is definitely about like people are like just as nasty as a shark. Mm, okay. It might not be Jaws 2. It could have been three. Honestly, could even be four. Um, seen them all. They all blur together except the first one because the first one's good and the other three are dog shit. Um, I feel like based on the amount of sharks that are left... There's like probably mathematically way more better. Like sharks are better people than we are just at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, they eat nasty fish. Yeah. Right. But there's like no fish anymore. So, yeah. So soon they'll be dead. We'll be dead. <laughs> we don't all the salmon are gone. Yeah. Didn't like Rip. all the salmon in like the Pacific Northwest just like get aced by the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, pretty brutal. <laughs> We don't even get a day for them. Yeah. There, also, should, there like, should be a day. Oh, yeah. Also, like a bunch of oysters got roasted. Like, damn. Yeah. I love oysters. Um, wow. We're going to tell our kids about fish. Yeah. If I have a kid, I'll be like, there used to be this thing. It would come in a shell and it tasted like sort of if the ocean were slime. And I would eat, <laughs> honestly, 60 of them at a time. 
um, and you could get them for a dollar. Uh, and my, my future child will be like, that sounds disgusting. You're a monster. And then I'll be like, get back in your cage. It's too, it's too dangerous out here. And I'll shove them back in and lock the door. It is too dangerous, but they'll understand. They'll, they'll understand one day. Yeah. Um, folks, what's going on? Lux, what are we, what are we talking about today for these, for these people? Um, what are these people about to hear about? Well, they're about to hear a lot about the controversy that's rocking. Is it even a controversy? The like the the big <laughs> horrible thing that is rocking the video game world uh, is going to be our main focus. We want to talk about the weird Reddit thing. Let's uh, what's a Reddit? Uh, let's do the let's get the, let's get the important stuff out of the way. Yeah, that's right, folks. We are there's a new subreddit for Game Boys. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some confusion after last week's episode. Um, we had our friend Jared Bauer on. Uh, mm. he was great as always. We, yeah. uh, he gave me a book recommendation. I read it. I don't love it. I've talked to him. I'll talk to him about it more. Um, okay. It was better than I thought it was going to be still not great, but for reasons I didn't anticipate. Um, sure. and the main thing here though, is that, uh, it appears some fans of Jared think that he is the host of the game boys podcast. He is a, he did. He could be. I mean, if he wants to, we can have that conversation. But. I'm open to letting this. I mean, I'm open to letting the the you know this conspiracy play out. I think that anyone who you know is sort of a recovering QAnoner, maybe they could get into this. I'm ready for something. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying never Jared. I'm not saying hashtag never Jared. I'm just saying that right now, it's not Jared. It's Lux and Griffin. Oh, it is. And, and I'm sorry if you guys get mad that he doesn't always show up. Uh, you can pressure him. Yeah, that's on him, not us. Well, we're welcome. Mm-hmm. We're happy to have him. Um, Open door policy. But the other thing uh, is, as we discovered, is that this this there's a pro Jared subreddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it exists. Um, and not only do they think Jared's host of the show, they also are using our fucking podcast art as their banner image. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to like do that. that, please message us so we can talk about this, because that was art that we like licensed from an artist. <laughs> Folks, uh, to me, it's free real estate. <laughs> Griffin, you and I feel differently about this. Maybe we should have talked about it, but maybe it's free real estate. I bet Roy doesn't care, but like, well, it depends who these people are, how much Roy cares, to be honest. Um so prove that you're cool and you can keep using it or whatever i don't know we're not gonna like dmca you or anything but like come on if there's a, a pro jared subreddit implies the existence of an anti-jared subreddit or at least an imagined anti-jared subreddit because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of like pro x subreddits that are about a made-up person who's mad at them <laughs> and the anti-jared subreddit well uh th- they think that jared hosts uh how did this get played they also think jared hosts the game boys they just think it sucks <laughs> Because they're right. There's like that's like the smart. That's the subreddit that knows the score. Um, but no, I mean, if any of you knew, uh, we are Jaredites are listening. Um, cool. Hi. Cool. Respect. 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 Um, Upvote. I did see a really weird post about Jared on the men's rights Reddit where they talked about turning him into a weapon in their war on wokeness, and that was like relatively disturbing. <laughs> incredible he just has to absorb all the primals and then he'll be the ultimate weapon literally they're um, talking about him like he's fucking like phantom x from the new x-men it's fucking wait. wild that's awesome so okay that's like, out of the wisecrack way. wisecrack to me seems like left leaning in terms of its content certainly didn't make content that like was gamer gatey in any sense and like never even like flirted like with that those online audiences but 
still just from it being YouTube, was there like a decent amount of those kind of guys like getting stoked for Jared? And we don't have to talk about it. No, we can do it a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll preface by saying I have alt-right fans. I have the, no, I, don't, I don't care what kind of fans Jared has. Mine are worse, smellier, and more evil. I think that's, having met both sets, I think you are correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely had some, we have some, and that's fine. Like it's, you know, people are going to be interested in what they're interested in. And I'm glad people are like seeing theory stuff and engaging with it or just yelling at us about it. It doesn't really super matter to me. Um, and I think that Jared, like, you know, like he said on the show, like some of the discourse around like woke shit and like contemporary leftism is like super not his flavor. And he thinks that it's like constrictive and, and, you know, not great for discourse. And like my mileage varies in some aspects. I agree in some aspects. I disagree, whatever. But like he, you know, I think that because uh, he has mentioned that it has frustrated him, there is a segment of people who are like, Jared's ready to join the alt-right, get this man some Hugo Boss and some jackboots, and let's go. Um, and I hope that that's not true. Um, I have faith that that's not true because I like Jared. Uh and, you know, I mean, they, the MRA people are looking for a new mascot, right? Like, because most of theirs have been like deplatformed. So, like, they are like waiting for like one sort of guy to sort of be the next one to be like, you know what? This is all some bullshit. Come with me. Yeah, it's totally true. Um, it was just really like what, Richard Spencer is got, got clapped. Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos uh, just clapped himself like every fucking time, dude. <laughs> he, did, he did. He did a self clap. Yeah. Uh, and then like um, there was I mean, I guess the to this date, I would say the people who are um, the most influential are probably Jordan Peterson and Steven Crowder, right? Right. And Crowder's in the hospital because like his poop got into his blood or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like that's, you know, who knows how long he'll be around. Jordan Peterson's dying because he's not allowed to eat vegetables because his daughter owns his corpse. It did poop get in Crowder's blood. That's awesome. I don't know if that's what happened. I just like, I th I'm ready to believe that. Yeah, I don't know where I got that from, and I don't think I made it up. Maybe I did. I know that's um that's a that's a Bolsonaro thing to a T. Oh, like, maybe that's like, maybe I'm just thinking about Bolsonaro. Well, because you're probably thinking of Bolsonaro because Bolsonaro has been getting shit pulled out of his nose. Like like he has so much shit stocked up inside him that they had to pull it up through his body and out his nose. I mean. Relatable, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we, folks, <laughs> folks, who hasn't, you know, like who, who among who, who among us sus who hasn't sat down just eating like a whole pot of beans and then had to go to the hospital and get the shit sucked out of your body through your nose? Oh my god, through my nose. I mean, you gotta. Could you? Like, will you ever be able to smell anything again? Like, I don't know. That that would be really it, bad for me because I have a deviated septum from years of cocaine use. Wow. I see. I couldn't get into cocaine. I I just like. It was expensive and like, yeah, just the physical act of it was like not something I'd want to do. That's fair. Every day. That's cool. You like, you like the act, like the physical action of it? Yeah. I was really into it. You were really into it. Oh, yeah, I, enough to septum deviate. Yeah. I burned a hole in my nose. One time at a debate tournament, the entire inside of my nose scar tissue just fell out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was blood everywhere. <laughs> um and i didn't really know how, how to explain it well uh i wish that you like were like a twitch debate lord that was just like bleeding from his nose that would be so i cool. mean there's definitely like an alternate path where i didn't realize i was good at like sort of creative work where that's exactly what i do damn god um, 
because like the market needs you right now. It's it's all right now. It's all just like, you know, anime avatars and like neolibs yelling at each other. Yeah. But, you know, what if there was a guy who was had his brains dripping out of his nostrils? <laughs> yeah, what if there was a guy who read a lot of books and was doing ludicrous amounts of cocaine and just bleed his gray matter coming streaking down his face. So would you do cocaine and then do a debate? Oh yeah. Oh, so you'd be like the worst. Um, no, I win. <laughs> I'd win at them. Um, but there were definitely times where I was like, Ooh, I'm gonna have to give like a really stressful speech. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and do a bump and then I'll come back and talk about sort of the failures of capitalism. I'm like the wolf of nerd street. I really was kind of the wolf of nerd street to be honest for a period. That's like a pretty fair characterization of ideal. Um, I remember because uh, I was fuck. at I remember at the University of Kentucky Fellows Institute, which is like for the top 10 debaters and like top 10 high school debaters in the country. Um, I went through really bad withdrawal because there was nowhere to get cocaine in Lexington, Kentucky that I knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was everyone was like, why are you so bad right now? And I was like, I just can't stop throwing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have terrible cocaine withdrawal. Um, but anyways, that's a different story for a different time. Um well, guys, we had our last. Let's get serious for a second here. We have a disaster on our hands. Yeah, this shit's like really insanely bad. It is. It's like the worst year for a video game company. And and I have. And that's not me with saying that with like any empathy. That's just me. Just cold looking at the facts. Uh, I have not seen a worse turnout of events in all sorts of realms uh, for Blizzard. And that, so, yeah, we're talking about a little uh, week for Blizzard um, where the state of California is filing lawsuits against Blizzard for a, I don't know, like a Harvey Weinstein's like times 10 amount of interactions. The, The basic premise of the lawsuit, as I understand it, is that like for a very long time, Blizzard fostered and did not take actions against a culture of rampant sexual harassment, abuse, labor violation, mm-hmm. um, etc. Uh, and it was like way like because I feelings people got mixed feelings about like sort of statute like state statutes about how many like women you hire, how you treat them, whatever. There's like a whole thing there, but like. Blizzard was like way behind the ball on that shit for years and years and years and years and years. And then people there reported a ton of instances of, you know, stuff ranging from like straight up sexual assault to uh, like harassing comments to uh, cubicle crawls where programmers would just get drunk and go from cubicle to cubicle hitting on women to. Yeah. So, so the cube crawl thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's go right to the weirdest. Uh, not, <laughs> sure. So, Yeah. So again, this is like very, this is very nerd of wall street because it's like, you're, you're like acting like a frat boy, but you're crawling through a cubicle. Like, how does that like contextual setting, like never like strike you as like, Oh, like, like why would that even strike you as something fun to do? And and basically like, it's like, they're trying to like, I guess, upskirt people is what they're trying to do there. Like, like, like there's a range of goals, but I think the main thing was like, (laughs) I think there's I mean by I think I mean I know that there is a, a sort of sort of type of of person who's like pursuit of sort of whether it's sexual power or sexual gratification 
is not context dependent, right? Like, <laughs> True. Like True. I, I totally feel you. Like I don't think I'm constitutionally capable of hitting on someone near a cubicle. Don't think yeah, I can do it's like, it. I can't think. It's like when I want to like last longer, I think about a cubicle. Yeah, totally. It's like <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's so that's inconceivable to me. But I do think there's a category of people, particularly people who maybe like aren't so good at this shit in normal settings. Who are well, like it's one of the only settings where they can even talk to a woman. Theoretically, like, like, yeah, I think that that's like where, where they where they get like an easy option to talk to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I mean, I don't know if that's true. Of, I mean, obviously, like, I don't know if that's true of all of them, those people or whatever. But I think that like that plays a part. I think that there's like an implicit power dynamic in the sense that like this is allowed there, which kind of makes them sort of a, a, a empowered sort of class within the space. Right. And they're playing into that. Um it's just also fuck. It's just so bonkers. So yeah, when people hear sexual harassment, I'm sure they think like about like uh like a weird text or like a weird shoulder massage or something like that. But it got like way more bleak than that. Um, and I think it's important to sort of really spell out some of the details of this, just so people like really know what a fucking nightmare it is to uh be in the in these situations and that it's not just like oh yikes but like oh this is like just on at it's just fucking human core level just really disgusting and makes me just really reconsider ever playing or giving blizzard another dollar um and that is that uh, there was a Blizzard employee who committed suicide. Um, she took her own life after being like repeatedly harassed by multiple members um, of the Blizzard community. Um, and there was, uh, I believe, a retreat um, where like, yeah, like one of the guys who was harassing her brought a bunch of like sex toys to the retreat. Um, and they were even passing around um, pictures of the deceased woman's vagina. Gina around the office. Yeah. That's how fucked up this shit is. Yeah. It okay? was really, and I think it is, it, it was, that's hard to even say out loud, but I think it's worth noting and saying out loud. Um, so people know, cause I think that we hear so much about me too stuff and sexual harassment that we just kind of like, we just sort of, we just glaze over or we don't we don't glaze over, but we just take to take it as yet just another place. But it's like this is really fucked up. Right. Like beyond. I think when we talk, especially in the video games context about like a toxic work culture. Right. Mm-hmm. That implies a certain set of behaviors um, and things like you mentioned, like uh, sort of off color comments, uh, texts outside of work hours that are inappropriate, inappropriate, like shoulder massages and like that. Um, this was so much, so much more than that. Right. And so it's it's like categorically different, um, which makes it hard to talk about in a lot of ways, because like it is taxonomically speaking a toxic work environment. But that doesn't like get close to doing justice, like the actual circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, even and, and, even the cube crawl shit is like way beyond the pale. But the idea that like a woman could have suicide and they send pictures of her vagina around is like pretty beyond reckoning there's i wish my it's, co- it, it's it's just like how do you go back to any of these games now how do you ever go to a blizzcon again yeah. after any of this like how do you go because it's like I, i'm sorry like this was not just a one guy cut him out put someone else in there 
promote a woman or something kind of thing. This was so many people. Right. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't just to the point so, where it's like, what's the point in like changing one leadership or something, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, and it wasn't just totally, and it wasn't just so many people. It was, it was institutionalized. Like if you read mm -hmm. the report and stuff like HR always sided with executives made choices to protect the company, not the employees. Well, um, and I'm sorry, but that is like the function of a lot of HR departments yeah. is like they are they function to like protect, protect the executives often. Yeah. At the expense of employees, there's a bunch of stories about uh, men and women in positions of power downplaying reports of this stuff, like chronically for years. Yeah. Um, enabling it to continue and worsen. So it makes it really hard to like I think it's a big it's, you know, it's a big difference between like there was a problematic guy at the studio or even a few right. versus like this was like institutionally sanctioned and like to like so obviously like a thing that stuck out to me a lot about this um, was um, like a lot of the labor stuff. There's a lot of labor elements about this. Um, and one thing one of those details we can get into more later was that like women <clears throat> were in multiple cases either docked pay or fired for underperforming while pregnant, right? Or like while taking time off to deal with being pregnant. Um, that's not just a, a sexist workplace or a sexual harassing workplace. That is an anti-labor workplace. Like that is, that is a place that prioritizes a really disgusting culture over the well-being of its employees. Um, and it's things like that that make it feel really irredeemable to me, which is tough because like, We've talked at length on the show about how, like, I watch a lot of Starcraft. I've been waiting for Diablo 4 for years. Griffin loves Overwatch. Um, it, it's really difficult to reckon, like what you said, like, how do you go back to these games? Because it's not just, you it's know. Not, yeah, it's not one person. It's like, oh, I can still watch, like, like, like films made by that were produced by the Weinsteins or something because that was a large team or whatever that had nothing to do with Harvey, you know, or something. Yeah. But yeah. It's just got this, it's got this, not just like stink on it, but it's like, so it's so yeah, a moral that I know to a certain extent, like individual consumer choices don't always like improve a situation, but just on a personal level, it is, it's hard to reapproach these games at this point. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's like, and like, I mean, who knows much for a role this plays, but it's like, it's Activision Blizzard. Right. And so like the huge expanding of the company, the sort of prioritization of sort of Activision's kind of profit goals versus Blizzard's profit goals, all that stuff, like clearly had a meaningful effect on how the company was run and whether this stuff precedes that or is a result of that is sort of immaterial. But it, what it speaks to is like all this shit, like this shit was moving from the bottom up. Like you can tell in the, like in the executives, like responses to it that like they tried to downplay it. Their first move was to be like, this shit's not even real. So let's talk about that now. Uh, let's talk about the company's response um, because there's, they said this shit isn't even real. Uh, Cause I, I didn't, I missed that part, but there is some other parts of the response that I thought were worth mentioning. Yeah. They said, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly exaggerating. They said that they were like exaggerated or distorted claims that they were all in the past, that things aren't like mm. that. A big, a big one for me was that, in this statement from whatever fucking executive it was, Mike Morhang or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, he was like <laughs> in the like really like close up at the beginning of the apology. He said something along, along the lines of, you know, 
uh, sexual harassment and abuse is rampant in every part of the video game industry. We hoped and tried to make sure it wouldn't happen at ours, which is such an absurd framing to be like, oh, this happens everywhere. So we should be let off semi off the hook and that it is uh, it is a torrent that we can only put a finger in to stop. Yes. But it's like so it's too much of a flood for us to prevent. Just a little Dutch boy plugging the dam with the finger. Exactly. Like it's like it's like it was such a funny thing to be like, damn, well, you know, whenever you make a video game, it's going to be filled with fucking harassers and we're going to do our best. But we didn't do enough. And it's just like you didn't you guys didn't do shit. You knew this woman killed herself. Like, let's like be real about this. Like you knew this happened. You knew all of this happened. Um, and guess what? Like you didn't do jack shit about it um, to the point now where the entire state of California has a lot of fucking records and receipts on this shit. Um, it takes a lot to get here. Yeah, it, it takes so much to get here. There are injustices happening every day in workplaces that the state of California will never lift a finger for. This is such a mountainous, just like dismal mountain of shit that the actual state of California is getting involved. Yeah. And like that's that rings two big bells to me. One is like you're talking about just the pure size and scale of the sort of like cultural, like the harassment, violence, et cetera, of the, of the culture there um, speaks to that. And like California as a state, like people say it's a very blue state because they don't know what they're talking about, but like, it's like really very anti-labor state. Um, it is constantly passing laws to interfere with labor processes. Just this year, it passed laws to prevent union organizers from going to farms to help organize farm workers. Right. Like it's a very anti-labor state. Um, which makes it extra crazy that they're that they're engaging in what is fundamentally a labor issue. Um, and it, one of the reasons I say this is fundamentally a labor issue is that that claim that you were talking about, that like the fucking torrent of harassment is, is endemic to all video game production claim is dog shit because there are small companies that have organized workers that have a union mm -hmm. that are a co-op that have protections in place and this shit doesn't happen there mm -hmm. because the employees have the I mean not not like it never happens but like it is significantly barricaded against because the employees have mechanisms to deal with it um, and it was very clear reading these like really heartbreaking testimonies from people at Blizzard that they didn't have those that like every single avenue of support they could look for just ended up caping for the system as it existed, which is so deeply fucked up and hopeless that it's like really heartbreaking <laughs> to hear about. Right. And, and, and the executives are, you know, they're literally at this point just trying to make sure that like they can survive the week until another news story comes out. Because a really bleak part about a lot of this shit, at least on a public perception level, is that like usually when you have a bad news story, something bad happens the next day. And then people are like on to that. Hopefully, uh, though, it doesn't seem like it's going to necessarily be the case with this one, not only because of the severity and, and just 
volume of all, of all of it. Um, but because how these executives have been like recently putting out new messages um, that people have been tearing apart, um, people walk are walking out of Blizzard on Wednesday in protest of the executive <laughs> statements. The entire staff is or most of the staff is going to be walking out of the offices in Irvine and if they have offices anywhere else. Um, but I just something just came across my desk. This was posted an hour ago from the World of Warcraft dev team. Um, and they're announcing in a sort of vague way <laughs> that they are going to be editing parts of the game that might have some inappropriate references, a.k.a. NPCs that are the names of the sexual harassers that exist in the game. And like, I want to get back to the walkout. Let's talk about this first. I, I guess that's good to do, but it's such yeah. like it's so nothing. <laughs> It is also wild that like they're in the game. Yeah, it's like, also wild that they exist at all. One of the main guys, uh, his name is Alex Afras- Afraziabi. He uh, has been at the front of Stormwind for the majority of the game as an NPC guard. Uh, and uh, And yeah, he's like... He's like one of the biggest sexual assaulter or allegedly sexual assaulter people there. Uh, and it is wild just to have him be like a stormwind guard in the game. It's just it's just all, like like I said, it's it, it's not just about one guy, though. It's just this feeling of all of it being so inextricably attached and like irremovable from the franchises right. we loved, yeah, right? It feels like it can't be dispelled away. It's just you know? really, it's, like, it's in there. Like even, <clears throat> I'm just reading through some of the text of the lawsuit now, and I don't know if there's specific charges of sexual assault in there, but regardless, like there's such a clear and like devastating account of a culture that like had no, like, didn't do the bare minimum of care for other people. Right. Like that's like a big part of this conversation to me in a lot of ways is like a a sense of care for people around you and for people you share space with and people you work with. Um, And there's such a profound lack of that here Um, across the board in every story you hear, like it's there's a 9 million Kotaku articles, a million Bloomberg articles, like they're fucking all over the place. But in every account, there is a running theme of like, utter indifference to these people to people suffering or even active encouragement thereof right like you have a corporate culture that not only right then this is this is I, i'm sorry you going back to labor but this is like how i think about the world but like that not only like encouraged or allowed things like rape jokes and comments with sexual harassment and like direct sexual hassling at work it also is a, com- a community where According to these testimonies, bosses hyper micromanaged female workers, male workers just got to sit in their cubicle and play video games all day. Right. It was it was a framework without accountability or consequence. And that was built into the machine. And like it's really hard to look at that, to hear about that, to think about that and then go, oh, yeah, these people should probably get sixty dollars of my money because I really like hacking and slashing goblins. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I guess. Now that we've covered sort of the like the details of the case and everything, I wanted to like step out a, li- a little bit farther here because it's like this entire situation is coming 
on the heels of Blizzard already falling apart this year in ways that have nothing to do with the sexual harassment. And I wanted to talk about this just from like the the status of Blizzard as a, as a successful player in the industry at all, because and this is not to have any empathy for Blizzard, mind you. Like This is just me like charting what feels like a really big, big downfall for like a really big player in the sense that people were already abandoning World of Warcraft before this announcement. They were abandoning World of Warcraft like in the droves going to Final Fantasy 14, like we've been covering on this show. Uh, Overwatch 2 is basically an absolute turmoil with Jeff Kaplan leaving. Diablo 4 will sell some copies, but will not like even like blow, you know, can't even like, you know, compete on any of these other types of larger microtransaction games and certainly can't carry a company on Diablo alone. Um, It is a really bleak time for Blizzard. Uh, And I'm like, this is just like. It seems impossible to think that something as monolithic as World of Warcraft and as monolithic as Blizzard could ever make enough mistakes to get yeeted out. But I'm like, this might be it. I don't know. I just like, what do you think about all this? Like, is this enough to destroy a company as big as Blizzard? Not just the uh, harassment lawsuits, but just this like lack of love between the gamers and the devs in general. I mean, I think, I mean, so obviously a lot of speculation. I don't work at Blizzard. I don't even think I know anyone who works at Blizzard anymore. Um, But from what I understand, I do think that a lot of this goes back to the Activision stuff, that a lot of the ways they organize teams, a lot of the goals of individual teams, individual people, a lot of the ways that people were managed and things were handled, were changed, um, mm. and but this stuff when this stuff happened bef- before Activision, the though. sexual harassment stuff, yeah, yeah. So um, you're specifically talking about the way games are made, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, it happened before and it happened after, right? I don't think Activision mm-hmm. is like the the key linchpin of the of the sort of sexual. Oh, okay, issue. I thought that's what you were saying. Um, but I think that a lot of the way the games are made changed, um, and I think that they did the thing that a lot of companies do where a big company buys a smaller company or still very huge company, but not as huge and says, we know how to work, make this work. We're going to change your systems and we're gonna make them better. And then they make them worse. Um, and I think there was a combination of that. I think that it's very clear that, I mean, just like there is a clear tone in some of, especially the messaging from former blizzard executives who left during the Activision acquisition or soon after who are sort of like, we fucked up. We could have done a better job. Um, versus the people who are currently there who are like, this is all bullshit, who cares? Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that also compounds this. I think that basically the way they made games, the way they thought about games changed a lot, and I think the games they put out got worse for that. Um, and I think that what little accountability may have been there before, although apparently according to these reports, it was very little, if any at all, mm-hmm. um, also went out the window. And so now we're looking at this company that has like lost the faith of that had already kind of lost the faith of a lot of its biggest fans that rewarded that loss of faith by continuing to eat shit programmatically in their game releases. And then in a world we live in, which is a world that I think largely for the better uh, is one that holds companies accountable for things like this. They did a really bad job, both of preventing a toxic culture from taking root and taking responsibility for it. 
And I think if you combine all those things in 2021, it's not inconceivable that like, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> that like, it's just done. So like, I think it's possible that like, you know, people forget in a year, they, they hire a bunch of like, you know, uh, teams to equity teams and, and diversity development teams and da, 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 da. And they go through that whole process and that people like come around on it. And then Diablo four gets good reviews and people buy that. And then world of Warcraft gets new expansion. People buy that. But I also think it's equally possible that just like Activision cuts their losses and it's like, all right, Blizzard's dog shit. We're done here. Um, and I think there's a non-zero chance of that because like, this is a lot for a fucking company to handle. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think um, outside of the I, I really want to make sure I'm, I'm clear that I'm separating when we're talking about the, like the actual sexual harassment stuff and the sort of the game design and like the business ethos. Those are connected. But I would say specifically with what was happening before this week and just people leaving World of Warcraft is that this is all to me a result of like when a company becomes too monolithic, it doesn't have to evolve. Yeah. And World of Warcraft has not evolved enough over the years. It has just been like, let's just do the same thing with slightly new systems and graphics and like hope people just keep paying that $15 a month. Um, it's a lack of innovation um, and honestly, a, a lack of competition because there was no second World of Warcraft that they had to make sure that they were better than for so, so long, there was no other competitor in the game. And so like the fact that like people are like checking out Final Fantasy 14, that we have New World and Ashes of Creation on the horizon this month. It's like Blizzard like has to evolve to survive in this MMO market now. And I think if they do survive, it will be a better game because they were forced to do new things and not sit on their, on their laurels. Yeah. And I um, think, I think when you talk about evolution, I think you're, it's, it's not just evolution in terms of game design, game production, but also evolution in terms of like the workplace, right? Like it's very clear from like listening to shit that like Blizzard had a way of functioning beforehand. That was like very freelancer contract worker heavy. That was very little sort of labor organized workers rights protections kind of stuff in this, in the building. And that that was just what they did. That was how they did things. Um, and that the problem with that is that eventually if you live that way and you get big enough, you get this situation, right? Like the, this situation that's happening right now, which is like, there is no other recourse for these employees who feel harassed and feel like they're working in a toxic workplace except to take the radical action of, of you know, talking to the investigator, um, talking to, you know, websites about how bad things are there, da, 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 because they don't think there's a way to change those things. And whether that is like labor practices back in like 2016 when they were like hiring a bunch of freelancers and never offering them full time or if it's, you know stuff now or any of this stuff a lot of this to do with they never grew out of being kind of like a shitty freelance minimal worker protection company and grew into being a big boy corporation that like paid people real money with real protections and real systems but also goes back to like these corporations are trying to make people as freelance adjacent as possible oh, yeah. especially in the game industry where like they don't most games you you're, you work for a year or two on it and then you're unemployed yeah. working for another job i mean that's right but the thing is that that's increasingly not the it's still the case of huge companies right but there are more and more middle scale studios that don't work that way and that are successfully not working that way yeah. and that 
the, the big companies that are starting to shift in that direction to the degree that any exist are probably going to be much more sustainable because situations like this, of uh, whether it's a sexual harassment thing, a labor rights thing, a racism thing, whatever, are way more likely to occur eventually on this huge scale if there are no protections mm-hmm. for those workers in mm-hmm. the first place. Yeah. Well, I want to say solidarity to the people protesting on Wednesday and to the gamers who have been protesting inside of Azeroth. Um, World of Warcraft players have been gathering in the main towns and protesting the very game they're subbing to, um, you know, maybe not the most powerful way, but certainly a way to hit them right right at home. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So, respect to those brothers uh, and sisters and, uh, you know, just uh, try to respect each other, people, you know, try to try to treat everyone like a goddamn human being. Um, and if you see someone else who's not being treated like a human being, protect them for Christ's sakes, because there was a lot of men at that office that weren't sexual harassers, but knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's pretty bad, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Like hmm. it's it's everyone's <laughs> if you work at a place where people get sexually harassed, they report it to HR and HR punishes them for reporting it. Then they're de- they need like it will continue unless they either leave, which sucks because they lose their fucking job and are also like traumatized experience or they need solidarity from the other workers and like sitting there and not doing anything is not solidarity. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, It's effectively solidarity with the oppressors and that's dog shit. Um, It's dog shit folks. It's absolute dog shit. Um, And just like Shadowlands. Uh, But you know, guys, I wanted to transition for this last quarter of the episode Unless, Lux, you had anything else you wanted to say about it? No, I think that's about it. I mean, just don't buy any Blizzard shit on July 28th. Uh, like, don't cross the picket line. On, Ju- on, Ju- on July 28th, there's one day? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I say don't buy any Blizzard shit at all. But, like, if you're a <laughs> Blizzard person who needs to buy Blizzard shit, don't do it while they're like while they're on their walkout. Like, just don't cross the picket line. Just be fucking cool. And, yeah, let's be real. There's a lot of art that people respond to that wasn't created by harassers that falls underneath the blizzard tag. I understand that angle on it too. And I, and I don't think I would like hold anyone, uh, any audience or gamer accountable for continuing to enjoy a, a blizzard game. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think maybe has the decision was made certainly easier by my other frustrations with the company outside of this. But yeah, for me, and I think for a lot of people like me, I think this is it for now. I will, I will say this on that, which is I have complicated feelings about this stuff because my favorite movie director uh, is Roman Polanski. Is Hitler. Oh, well, close. Um, <laughs> is Roman Polanski, who's a bad dude, a, an objectively pretty terrible man. Um, mm-hmm. And I still watch his movies, but I get if you don't want to, that's fine. I respect that. Someone got really, um, really mad at me recently for saying that Rosemary's Baby was a good movie. And I was like, how, how do you have so much energy? Yeah. No, Rosemary's Baby is great. <laughs> Chinatown's probably the best movie. Like, he's incredible. But oh, oh, wait. Ben Shapiro just said that. Oh, my God. Ben Shapiro, Abby Shapiro and Abby Shapiro's gay husband all watched Chinatown last night and are tweeting about it today, saying that it's a bad movie. Well, 
I already knew that they were fucking stupid. Um, that was awesome. But anyways, my point, my point being <laughs> that like you make your choices, do what you want. Um, but when the workers themselves are saying, don't support this, we're on strike, we're leaving, we're walking out, whatever. Listen to the workers, right? That's like the end thing. Um, like if a bunch of people who worked on Plansky movies were like, we're not going to work on these anymore. Don't buy them. We're trying to boycott Roman Plansky as like a labor movement, which would be a really weird thing. I wouldn't watch Roman Polanski shit. Um, and same thing with Blizzard. Like, listen to the people who are there, who are living the life, who are dealing with the shit directly. If you need to go back to Blizzard eventually, I'm sure eventually you'll be able to. But for a while, at least, show some empathy for the people who are struggling there, who are suffering there, who are, like, fighting for their rights there. And fucking don't buy their bullshit for a little bit. Now that classically Abby and I have seen it, we agree. Chinatown's powerful, dark, profound ending makes no sense with the story's world and characters. Its point about the corruptness of society is tacked on and unsupported by the rest of the film's events. <laughs> what are you talking? There's a fucking... Are you kidding? Yo, Let's go! Yo, maybe next week we watch Chinatown. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's that's fucking awesome. That's he goes to investigate the water that the rich people own and gets stabbed in the face. Like a farm is dying because they can't get water because of bills that get passed in city. Like what do they? But he he never goes to the incest <laughs> factory. So yeah, this is. I mean, we can talk about the cinema sins tweet. This is just the cinema sins conversation, but mm-hmm. specific to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Yeah, I think there should be a conservative cinema sins. I mean, conservative um, cinema sins, fucking cinema sins can suck my whole ass, dude. Yeah, yeah, they can. I, they can and they will. So watch out. Keep I your mean, pants on. Look, hope, look, bad luck for them, dude. It's gnarly down there. But, you know, guys, I wanted to transition to a positive, positive sort of finale here. And that is that I I am just loving Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> it feels like I left a toxic relationship in so many different ways now. Um, and I'm in a loving one. Uh, I mean, I'm in, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm playing a game that cares about me, that wants me to have fun and wants me to just vibe. And it provides a vibe and provides a safe space to vibe. And, and I've just been having so much fun with it. Um, and Lux, I know you played it and are already bored. So tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you. I'm trying to like it. There's things I like mm-hmm. about it. It is, it is a pretty fun one player game. It has some fun Final Fantasy stuff happening. Mm-hmm. It is just that it is more because it has to be an MMO. It is more mechanically complicated than like a classic Final Fantasy type thing, even though the Final Fantasy VII remake or Final Fantasy In terms 15. of menus and in terms of where you have to go to like acquire abilities and stuff. Yeah. And even just like button pressing, like conversation stuff, all that. It's just a little bit more labored. Um, and that's tough for me because I like those games because I can get lost in those games because there's like this mm-hmm. big sweeping magical world. And I have to be like X and then I select the person I want to talk to and then I press X again and then they start talking then I press X again and they give me something and I press 55 buttons to go look at the thing they gave me. It's like I'm not thinking about being in the world thinking about navigating all these menus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I agree. I think that the menus are like the worst part about the game and also like such an easy fix that it is like confounding. And it's like the selecting system for like who you're talking to or you're interacting with is like annoying. Like so, sounds like a that, that now that might be a console. Thing. That might be a console thing. That might be like I also I do think I'm that not is, having any problem clicking stuff. Yeah, I do think that is a console thing 
to the degree that it is it's a game designed for the PC. Yeah. Um, and so there are I think it's overall, as far as that goes, pretty effective as a as a port, as a different mechanism. Um, it's also reasonable to say that like it has some lingering frustrations and some lingering sort of it, 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 like sort of dissonances in that respect. And so what that 100%. does for me is that it takes me out of those games and it's hard for me, like the reason I'm capable of sitting down and playing XCOM or Final Fantasy seven or Dark Deity for seven, eight hours at a time is because I can get lost in solving these puzzles and living in this world and being with these characters and doing these things. I can't do that with Final Fantasy 14 just because there's all these like navigation blurps. Yeah, um, um, I, I think that I like would have encountered more confused, like confused emotions if I didn't have like a bunch of my stream audience like giving me feedback yes. and like telling me like what was up. Um, I think that there is a learning curve of that in any MMO where there's just so many systems happening. And Final Fantasy certainly doesn't like do the menus in a clear way to make you that stuff feel good. But once I got to the core loop of doing the MSQ and then doing the class quests, um, it, it and just got into a flow and I just felt like I was playing like a, I would say like a medium, like above average story for like a JRPG that then also like just had some really surprising moments of humanity in them. And again, this is all the 2013 version we're playing right now. Like we're on the 2013, just like full freshly resurrected from the ashes of the old game uh, version. And so I think that a lot of stuff is only going to get better from where I'm at currently. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that there's a lot that's like, it's a weird thing. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when I go look at like classical art stuff where it's like, I get that this is good. Like, I understand that the technique here, the construction here, it's impressive. Um, but it doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's where I'm at with Final Fantasy 14 right now is I think I, I can, I'm already starting to get into some of the main gameplay loop a little bit. I think it's good. I think the combat is pretty fun. I think the characters are fun. The world is interesting. Who are you playing as? Archer, baby. Nice. Um, and like, I think all that stuff's there and I can tell that it's a well-constructed, interesting game. Um, but I also just like, can't. It doesn't like I don't get like the lightning bolt to the brain like like fucking Tex Avery Wolf like a woo like hard eyes like wah, wah, yeah. wah, wah. Um, yeah. but I do with the games that I really love and like that's you know that's it's hard for me to commit and then and then knowing that committing to this game is like a really serious like long term like you're playing this game a lot to keep leveling and keep moving from thing to thing and keep moving on and on and on. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to imagine doing that or wanting to do that when the game is just like kind of pretty fun to me right it has to be it has to be 100 percent fun for you to like want to invest that long in it i i totally understand that level um yeah like for me it's just like coming from wow it's just like they took away all the stuff that slowed down wow for arbitrary reasons that weren't fun and instead the question was how do we give you the content all the time in a way that feels satisfying because sometimes the games will hit you with all the content but then it doesn't feel meaningful um but just like the way that the, the, your new gear that you get feels meaningful and looks cool like the like the extra layer of graphics they do with just the costumes everyone's wearing i mean like you've been to the main town in the game yeah. now just seeing people walk around like it's like yeah. pretty incredible i will say this 
and this is this I can say with 100% confidence, is having watched you play WoW on multiple occasions versus playing this game, this is like streets ahead. Like, it, it seems so much more navigable. The world is so much more vibrant. Like you said, the costumes are, the character types and costumes are so varied and fun. People have these crazy mm-hmm. mounts. I mean, they had mounts in World of Warcraft, but they were all kind of like <laughs> Warcrafty. People are really expressing themselves with the looks of their characters in ways that feel not as interesting in WoW, where like literally an armor set is just kind of like painted on and it's just kind of like no one's really looking. But like every time in the main town, I am like walking around with all of the settings off. So it's no like no titles, no hot bars. And I'm just like staring at character models. It's like my favorite thing to do in between quests is just to hang out in the city. Yeah, and I mean, see people express themselves. Yeah, it's really fucking cool in that respect. Um, I'm always, I, yeah, I'm impressed. I've been impressed with it. Like, like I said, it's the same. Um, it's the same sort of thing as like really sort of art that doesn't appeal to me or whatever. Where it's like, I the craftsmanship there is is phenomenal. Um, there was also some like story stuff that really got me. That was like that. It's it seemed like so off. Like a lot of there are some like sort of comically like cartoony evil people but a lot of people especially in the earlier quests the people who do bad things they oftentimes are like confront are confronted with those bad things and like try to explain their perspective and like show that like from their perspective they were just doing what they thought was right and sometimes they learn a lesson sometimes people turn themselves in for something like there's like just there's all these like extra nuances um, about why people do things um, that I thought was just better writing than your tr- than your traditional RPG where it's yeah. like, oh, evil baron of the local town is a mean bad guy. Kick him out. Right. Well, that's that's one thing I wanted to flag also is that like if this were a single player Final Fantasy game. I think I would be fucking goo goo gaga about this game. I think everything mm. about it that is sort of like the fu- first the single player Final Fans experience transported to this MMO framework fucking bangs. I think all the different classes are really fun. The story elements are fun. The NPCs are fun. The world is fun. Um, it looks really cool. Um, it does. And I think that the stuff that just keeps me out of it is a that like I'm just not an MMOs guy. And then the mechanics of MM and then b the mechanics of MMOs are like feel inhibitive to me. Yeah. Um, and so I can't just get into it, but I do think I can pretty much say with some certainty that if there were a one player Final Fantasy 14 experience, I would have clocked 100 hours in it and played the shit out of it and like max everything out. Like it's so funny It because it does have everything. It does have all the shit that I like. Right. It just also has yeah. this extra shit that operates as a barrier and it's necessary extra shit to do what it wants to do, which is the which is the MMO thing. And that's totally fine. I think that's great. And it seems like. For MMO people, I know that it is crushing the game in that respect. But yeah. for me, it's sort of it, does, it has the opposite effect. I also want to say that I, I like that it's um, it's like as I've gotten to higher dungeons and higher stuff that it's like that there's some like hard stuff in it. It's like it definitely does test you. I'm a healer and healing in WoW is just like spamming one and two over and over again. But there's like a little bit more like complexity to it. Um, and, and it has been like a fun challenge. And there was. There was a dungeon I did where I just kept dying and wiping the raid. And I haven't been that guy since I was like 12. Like, and just the fact that like I was like wiping the raid, I felt really bad about it. And then two people in the raid were just so sweet. 
and so nice. And they asked if I was a new player and they were so excited that I was a new player and they explained the mechanic to me. And then after we beat it, they all like clap emoted for me and everyone like, like danced around me at the end. And I was like, this is so pure like this is why i got into mmos and yeah i'm just like that lightning text everything that yours doing. i'm fucking my jaw is to the floor tongue, roll, tongue and rolling out fucking carpet like the fucking dividers on the sides and got, cameras and flashing. A marching band is coming down my tongue yep. it's uh yeah it's like yeah, I'm just really, really digging it. And I've beaten all of A Realm Reborn, which is the 2013 release. And now I have the expansions, which I hear takes the story to like even more interesting levels. And so I'm like, I mean, OK, I'll say it. We're at 50. We're at an hour, folks. I paid twenty five dollars for a mount. Save this one for the fucking real heads. <laughs> I paid $25 in microtransaction to ride around on a fat cat that also flies. That's pretty good, though. If you're going to spend 25 bucks, you know. <laughs> I was like, I never do this, but there's just something about like the higher level of graphics and the, the just the adorableness of the mounts that they make in the game that I was like, yeah, they 100% got me. And to me, it was worth it. And so that's where I'm at emotionally. The fact that I spent $25 on a fat cat and, I, and it's worth it. So listen, like despite all the gloom and doom in the MMO industry, despite sort of the cataclysmic events of Blizzard, to me, that's all that's all former shores. I'm sailing on a new ocean. I've got some new friends and I wish everyone else in my past the best. But folks, they're dead to me. OK, Yoshida P is my God now. And also the producer of Final Fantasy 16, which I just found out. Whoa, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm, tr- I'm even more excited to see that and even more angry at PlayStation for refusing to give me anything to get excited about about that game. So I think that 16 might be your perfect jam because it's Yoshida, but it's single player. I know. It's it's standalone. I mean, so. you remember, I was fucking hot for that game when the trailer dropped. Or the tiny little hints of it came out with the PS5 stuff. So, like, I'm fucking ready for it, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, gaming wise, been a lot of XCOM. Been playing mm-hmm. a lot of XCOM, been playing a lot of indie tactics RPGs to try and recap. Because, like, there was that one week a couple weeks ago where I found Wildermyth and Dark Deity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a pig in shit. I was so happy. And I've been trying to recapture that. Uh, and it, unsuccessfully. <laughs> um, it turns out I found the two really good indie tactics games and that there's a lot of other ones that are not as good. Um, and they're all over the damn place. <laughs> Uh, which is too bad. Um, the last thing I want to mention, I want to ask you about your opinion on this because I've been toying back and forth. What do we think about the Steam Deck? Because there's a big part of me okay. that is considering buying it precisely because I can play Skyrim. my dumb tactics games, my other PC only games. I can get the boot camp off my laptop and I can free up another 300 gigabytes of Mac space for video stuff. Yeah. Um, and all those games that I like to play on my PC thing would play great as handheld games. I have two, I have two immediate thoughts. One, the steam deck seems to me to be a thing where if it does survive steam deck two will be light years ahead of steam deck one. And that it'll be like, like, you know, remember how shitty the first iPhone was or whatever. Like, I feel like it's going to have that trajectory where like the first one like really sucks, but then they come out with one that's like much better. Um, so there's like that reason to hold off on it. Um, 
I think that the Steam Deck is perfect for little freaks like you, Lux, because like you like to find all the little indies and like you do download a lot of stuff off Steam. But when I think of Steam, I think of an app on my PC that I sporadically get a game off of. But oftentimes what's happening in the games industry is that there's like 10 different stores now. There's like a Ubisoft store, an Xbox store. There's all these different storefronts and a lot of them have an exclusivity to a game that they're selling to the point where Steam doesn't feel like monolithic enough for me to buy hardware just for Steam because the majority of games I play are accessible outside of that Steam thing. And then a lot of them aren't accessible on Steam. So for me as a casual, sometimes Steam downloader, probably not worth it for me as someone who has the PC, who has the console. Um, yeah, I just... I think that makes sense. I think I think this draws the big, the big distinction is the way that we both approach games because I do play a lot of weird little indie games and like and like imports from other places that just run through the steam store. Um, and I, but I think that's not enough people to make a console successful. And I think like every other console before it that failed, it needs to have unique IP that you can only play on the steam deck. Nintendo switch didn't work just because it's cool to hold. It works because it's the only place that you can play breath of the wild. Right. One of the greatest games ever made. And I think that steam's lack of, you know, kind of exclusivity, I think holds it back from being like a real contender that could compete with the big boys. Yeah. I think, I think you're right about the future of the console, but I also think you're right about my future of the console, which is I'll probably grab one in a month or two. Oh no, yeah. Your future is bright. Yeah. yeah, It does seem, it does seem like pretty perfectly set up for me to be like, I'll throw a monster train on there, throw dark deity on there, throw Wildermyth on there, persona Four golden jagged Alliance. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, because, yeah, I don't if I want to play. We talked about this before. If I want to play something in Super HD. I just play it on my PlayStation. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I think I think you've given me good advice. Now I just need to uh, make sure not to waste my money on something else so that I can waste it on this. How much is it? I think it's like 500. I'm going to wait for it to come down a little bit. Probably 500. Let me double check because I'm not. I, I know I'm not. No, pay, I know I'm not paying 500 for it. It's got to be 300 max. Um, let's 300. Steam, Deck, three. Steam Deck price. Three ninety nine for the sixty four gigabyte, five twenty nine for the twenty fifty six. Whoa! Um, obviously, is, obviously, I'm, that's the price of a PS five. Uh, obviously, I'm. What the fuck? Obviously, what they, what's in that? I'm getting the four hundred. I'm getting the four hundred and subbing the the storage. Are the specs better than a Switch? Um, like, is it a ten eighty p handheld screen? Let's check the specs. I got it in front, I got it in front and, of me if I just scroll and, down and, a little and, bit. And you can throw it on the TV, right? Like a Switch? I think so. Because if you if you can't throw it onto the TV... 1280 by 800 resolution, 60 hertz refresh 12, rate. 1280 by 800, so yeah. 720. Uh, yeah. So it's not 1080, so it is the same screen resolution as a Switch. 40 watt hours, but I think that's bullshit of storage. No yeah, maybe if you're playing Snake. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um yeah it doesn't look that much better than a switch yeah like that's insanely that it's that it's priced that much more is nintendo just losing a fuck ton of money or like using slaves um could be both also it could be you know (laughs) i mean one thing we've always known to be true is that valve has an inflated opinion of itself as a brand and as a company yeah and i think this might just be that again (laughs) i'm like this is the cost of a ps fucking five and there's just there's just very way less selling point. Now, if they were selling me 
a screen that I could hold in my hands that was 1080 by 1920. Now, then I would say you guys have earned it. Okay, because I, I think I think the switch should be should be 1082 and handheld. Like I care way less about switch going 4K on TV and much more about going 1080 handheld um, because that is a noticeable difference. I think after 1080 4K is noticeable, but refresh rates are far more noticeable. Um, and especially with Nintendo art style, like, you know, 1080 is pretty sweet. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Steam Deck. Maybe if you were 250. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buy for 400 bucks. Um, I'm going to let yeah. that number come down a little bit. Yeah. Let it come down. Um, all right. Let the, let the, I think that was it. I think that's the end. <laughs> I, I think so too. I feel that way. Um, I feel that way too. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for bearing with a pretty brutal conversation, a pretty dumb self-indulgent conversation before that. And then the actual normal podcast for about 20 minutes at the end. Um, but that's gonna do it. Uh, Griffin, should I just roll, roll through our roll through our plugs? Hell yeah! I hope you include my TikTok. Cool. So you can find Griffin on Twitter at Griffin P Davis. You can find him on Twitch at Twitch.tv/ChumRoom. You can find him on TikTok at Griffin P Davis. Also, uh, Haley, make sure you look up on at Eat Every at, on at Eat Every Sound on Instagram and Eat Every Sound on YouTube. And me, you can find at Tailboy T A I L underscore B O I on Twitter. Uh, you can find me streaming Shimigami Tensei at twitch.tv slash Forrest Walker. My video essays are on Wisecrack, and you can find the wrestling at twitch.tv slash Party World Wrestling or on YouTube at the same. Um, How'd the stream go? How are the Shimigami going? It's going good, man. Um, we haven't died in three episodes, <laughs> nice. as opposed to the earlier ones where we were dying two or three times an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to, we're in the second Di- part. Of, <sighs> dying on stream, man. It, it hurts. It, yeah, it hurts for us. I'm fine with it. Um, <laughs> uh, we got to the second. We're in the second part of the game. We're just starting it. Like the, I don't know if you know the plot of Shimigami Tensei, but spoilers. Uh, about a third of the way through, uh, America drops nuclear bombs on Japan at the behest of Thor, the god of thunder. Um, <laughs> and so we beat uh, we beat Thor. And then he was, accuracy. Let's go. Yeah, we beat Thor, and then he was like, "Too late. I already called for the ICBMs." And then Japan got wow. nuked, and now we're in weird heaven. And then soon we'll be back in post-apocalypse Japan. Can't wait to hear what happens next. Hey, tune in Thursdays at eight thirty Central, eight thirty, eight thirty-ish Central. Sometimes I'm late because I want to get a hamburger. Anyways, we must, uh, we must, we must repeal Thor. Um, take down Thor. Take down Thor. Keep gaming, everybody. I guess we'll talk to you guys soon. Goodbye.